0: Hi, my name is Donna Noble, and you are listening to The Noble Art of Wellbeing. I have the pleasure today to speak to Michael Neal, super coach, author. I can't think what else, Michael. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I, I uh,
1: you know, f- father of three, husband of one. I, you, know, I, you know, I teach a bit around the world. I do my thing.
0: You do your thing. It's great. It's a great thing, Michael. It's a great thing. So thank you once again for being here. So to do, you've written quite a few books, Michael, but today we're here specifically to talk about your latest book, Creating the Impossible.
1: Great. That's my my one of my favorite topics.
0: That's oh, good, excellent. And it's a, basically Michael. So um, what I can understand it's a ninety day program, and the premise behind it is to get your dreams out of your head and into the world. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. Well, I've been I've been coaching now for nearly thirty years, and the 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 two things that I see continually is people who have big dreams that they they talk about all the time but never do anything with and people who think they don't really have any dreams because they've so decided that they can't make it happen that they've squashed it like i don't actually meet anyone who doesn't have something that they would love to bring into being in the world i do meet people who have talked themselves out of it so convincingly that they think they don't
0: and where did the idea come from, Michael, for the program?
1: Well, do you know, it actually, again, it came from my clients. My, my clients were were creating these extraordinary results in the world. And this was I, the program I, I did for the first time back in 2009. And I just kept seeing people surprise themselves with what they could do. And, and I thought, you, you know... Anyone can do this. They just need to have a better understanding of how it works and what gets in the way. And so that was where the first Creating the Impossible program was born from. And I, it's obviously adapted and changed over the years. I think the first one we did in 2009 was a 30-day program. Um, we've sort of settled on 90 days because that's sort of – I like 90 days because it's long enough for you to have every problem you're going to have <laughs> on any length project. You'll get excited. You'll get excited. You'll get discouraged. You'll have happy accidents, you'll have bad accidents, you'll, you'll get caught up in other things in life and forget about your project, you'll get caught up in your project and forget about your life. Like all of the things that happen will happen in any given 90 day period. So it's the perfect length of time
0: yeah.
1: to really learn a whole new way of being with goals and creation. Okay.
0: And can you give us some example, Michael, of the results some of your clients have had once they've been in the program?
1: Oh, people have done really ordinary things and really exciting, you know, exciting to the world things, you know, so they've they've launched companies, they've built companies, they've built the net worth of companies, uh, you know, built revenue, they've put on art exhibitions, they've uh, met that we've actually had our first creating the impossible wedding last year. Um, So it really it runs the gamut from the very personal to the very impersonal. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the point. The the, the the point is to see, you can create tangible results in the world, but without all the sort of stress and pressure, or the I'm gonna sit on my couch and magically think my way there, that are sort of the two prevalent movements in, in the how to get what you want world.
0: Okay. And why do we make it so difficult, Michael?
1: Well, I, honestly, like we, we don't do it on purpose, right? We just, it, it's, it's not like, oh, we're self-sabotaging. It's just literally we do not understand some basic things about how the mind works and how things get created in the world. And the, 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 the things that are universally misunderstood, we don't understand that when you're creating, you start with nothing. So... Not being able to see how you're going to get there is not a problem that's inherent in starting with a blank page. The second thing that we universally don't see is creating stuff takes time. And and over that time, you're going to go through a whole new set of thoughts and feelings and ideas that, 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 that aren't consistent with who started out on the project, and you have to kind of take that into account. And then the third thing is thinking that all those things that we're feeling along the way are indicative of, is this the right project? And oh, if this was the right project, I'm sure I'd feel more excited today. Or if this was the right project, I'm sure it would be working more easily than this. Or we we make up all these sort of portents and signs as though we were somehow psychics and we could predict the future again just not seeing we feel our thinking so whatever you happen to be thinking is what you're going to be feeling and it has nothing to do with how successful or unsuccessful your project's going to be
0: mm. but can you expand upon you say we we think our feelings
1: yeah we so it, it the 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 prevalent idea of feeling in, 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 in the culture is that, that feelings are like germs, right? So there are a lot of stress germs in certain jobs or in certain uh, relationships. There are a lot of fear germs in certain kinds of situations. There are a lot of sadness germs in other kinds of situations. Like when someone dies, sadness germs are released. And so we all feel sad. When we're standing uh, on top of a ski jump, fear germs are released and we all catch fear when we're standing when we're thinking about taking on a new project we get stress germs or when when we're dealing with with somebody who disagrees with us we get anger germs well it doesn't take a lot of stepping back and looking to see that the world can't work that way because Not only does not everybody feel the same thing in every situation, but we don't even feel the same thing in in the same situation from time to time. So those feelings have to be coming from somewhere other than the circumstance. And it turns out they come from thought. That's just how we're set up. We feel our thinking. Our thoughts get Projected onto a movie screen of consciousness and then like watching a movie that you get really caught up in we feel it in our bodies like oh Oh my god, but it was all a projection of the mind in the first place
0: So I suppose what we're saying then Michael is that without our thoughts there wouldn't be any feelings.
1: Well, yeah, you, you because and you you kind of can see it almost by the reverse I had an uncle who was a uh, he did his PhD thesis on phantom limb pain and and phantom limb pain is where somebody feels what's going on in their leg even after their leg is amputated yeah well we can see that that feeling must be created in the mind because there is no physical body to create it so even when we're experiencing sensations in our in our body they have to be coming via thought because if you're distracted, you don't notice. We, there's so many stories of people who've broken a leg or or had like a something a, a limb severed in an accident and they don't even notice until after they've saved the baby or after they've gotten themselves away from danger. Mm. So even when it is there's something physical going on in the body, we're feeling it via thought.
0: I suppose it's like in its most simple term is like when we have a paper card, we're not aware of it.
1: Right. And yeah. Really and then we- as soon as you become aware of it, it starts bugging you. Yeah, indeed. Absolutely.
0: And it's, it seems so simple, but then it isn't when it, we're actually in the moment and, and living life.
1: Well, it it it's a simple trick, <laughs> but it's the best trick in the world. Right. We know that movies aren't real. Right now when we're little we don't. I remember my son was so scared he was probably 6 years old when the Grinch who stole Christmas came out. And 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 literally we had to take him out of the theater if that came on cuz he didn't understand how movies work. Now a couple of years later he's begging us to take him to scary movies cuz now he understands how movies work and he he likes being scared when he knows it's just a movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Well it's the same it, it is simple right in film it's you know you you, you project light through uh, a film negative and you project it onto a screen and you get a movie right well with us our minds project thought onto the screen of consciousness and we get a movie now we're still going to get caught up in it even if we know it's a movie otherwise nobody would ever spend money going to the movies So it's not like you become this dispassionate, uh, stoic person because you understand how it works. You just don't get quite as caught up in what's happening in the movie as you would when you think it's your real life. Like, do you remember the show? What was the Alan Partridge? Knowing me, knowing you? Yes. So when that first came out, I got a call. So there'd been no hype about it. We were living in England. And I got a call from my wife, and she said, "Mikey, I've just seen somebody murdered on television." And I was like, "What?" She said, "I was watching this really weird interview show, and this guy got so mad at the host that he shot him." I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, it, you know, it, about twenty, thirty minutes later, we we heard about the show, like we heard that it was a spoof show, and mm-hmm. she hadn't known that, right? It had never been on. So our whole lives work like that. We okay. think we're watching real life when it actually we're watching a TV show. And your reaction changes instantly when you know that's how it works, right? As, when Nina thought it was real, she called me. Do we call the police? Surely somebody else has called the police. What do we do? Yeah. As soon as she realized it was a TV show, it was like, wow, <laughs> I really fell for that. What's for dinner? <laughs> And when you're creating in the world, it's so helpful to be able to see through that drama and be able to just stay on track with your project, regardless of what you happen to be thinking and feeling moment to moment, which will be continually changing because you're human yeah. and, and we think.
0: Oh, that's so true. But why is it then, Michael, that we will start a project... And we put so much on the outcome. And what? Why don't we just let things flow organically? I
1: I don't know if there's one answer to that, but I I think it's what, what I what I call a, a a lack of understanding or even lack of faith in the creative force. Mm-hmm. Like we know any any if you've created anything bigger than you in your world and what I mean by that is something that you kind of know hard work alone didn't do it Mm. like you might think it was luck you might think it was grace you might think it was somebody else but it wasn't you like you were involved but you you know you, you, you couldn't have done that on your own everyone's got some experiences like that well we think that that's just unpredictable luck, happenstance, synchronicity, and great when it happens, but in the meantime, I'd better stay in control of the universe. If you start to see that that is always available, that that kind of creative coincidence, that is the natural result of engaging with something fully, Mm -hmm. not something that sometimes happens to lucky people. Then you start to trust it, you start to rely on it. And when you rely on it, you realize just how reliable it really is. But until you see it, it feels like, well no, I better you know, manage this whole thing and if I can't manage it, then it's not gonna happen. And so we talk ourselves out of things because we're not up for what we think it's gonna take out of us to do.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And that leads me, Michael, very much on to, you mentioned source. Can you expand ab- about where this creative source comes from?
1: Wow. I would love to do it intelligently, but I, I'm going to have to just go with what comes to mind. That's fine with me. I don't, I, I don't know that creative source comes from anywhere. I think it is source. I think it is what everything else comes from. I don't know what that is. I mean, people call it God. They call it source. They call it the, 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 the fertile void. They call it the big nothing, um, the big mind. I mean, these are ways it's talked about in different cultures. But it is the... The blue that thing, you know, when things come out of the blue, it, 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 it's it's the nothing that everything comes from, and it just is. It's nothing to do with us, as far as I can tell. Like it's just part. We're part of it. It's part of us. It's at the heart of everything, and we can make up lots of pretty stories or horror stories about it. But there's something there. That not us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how do we tap into that, Michael, or endeavor to tap into that?
1: Well, I think most of it is a willingness and an allowing. Um, I mean, it does help to settle down a bit, right? If right now you're having a cow in your head arguing with me that, no, there's nothing outside of me, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, technically, you're right, because you're inside of it, so it's not outside of you, Mm -hmm. but, like, we're of it. It's not really, it's like, is is the ocean outside of the wave? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the wave's part of the ocean, right? So I don't think it's outside of us. I think we're part of it, but you can't feel it if you're talking over it. Right? You can't hear it if you're shouting at the same time as it's whispering. You, you, you've got to let yourself get present to it. There's a wonderful quote Carl Jung used to have on his in his office and actually in, on his tombstone, a quote in Latin that said, invoked or not invoked, God is present. Now, Whether you want to call it God, or you want to call it life, or you want to call it universal thought, universal energy. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it really is. But I do know that there is something inside of us that when we get a little bit quiet, we feel it. We feel it as a sort of an energy, we feel it as a solidity, we feel it as a security, regardless of circumstances. Sometimes we experience it as a knowing, like an in the moment responsive intelligence. But we just have to A kind of get out of whatever it is that we're preoccupied with in our heads, and B look in that direction. Just look I mean, you know, people always say look within. And I used to always go, within what? <laughs> but what you know, what they really mean is just to to my mind, it's just look, you know. Close your eyes and look away from what you already know. Look to the unknown. Look to the not yet created. Look to whatever it is before thought. And that's where that's where you find this. And it's already in you, so there's nothing you have to do to tap into it. You just have to kind of stop taking yourself away from it. Stop distracting yourself from it.
0: That's really profound, as I keep saying it sounds all so simple.
1: (laughs) Well, here's the funny thing, Donna. I I think it is this simple, Mm. but I think that we can't help but complexify things. Yeah. Like, we're not comfortable with it being that simple. Our intellect isn't comfortable with it being that simple. Like, I am somebody who... Scientific background, scientific family, pride myself on my intellect, and then I come across this fundamental force in human in human beings in the world that doesn't lend itself to intellect. It informs the intellect, funnily enough. It's very it's not the enemy of the intellect. It's what allows the intellect to function. But it, 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 it it's almost like the intellect like you can't look at your own face without a mirror. You 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 can't The intellect can't see this by itself. It can't reason its way through it. It has to be felt into. It has to be glimpsed out of the corner of your eye. Mm -hmm. But once you see it, and once you see that it's always there and always doing its thing, Mm -hmm. this responsive intelligence just giving you what you need when you need it, you you start to relax into it. You start to rely on it. And it turns out to be 100% reliable. Yeah. Even though it's 98% unpredictable, what form it'll take.
0: And I totally yeah. get that, Michael, because you know I, I, I've been doing this program myself for a long time. And, and, and when I meet up with my coach, and I'll have this, all these wonderful ideas of things I need to do, and their mind is coming through me with things that happen organically without me doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I dismissed that and go down this completely wrong path. It's like I I have to overcomplicate things.
1: And it's it's not to say that you won't have your job to do along the way. Right? Most, you know, I I sometimes say to people, and this is kind of at the heart of creating the impossible, it's not up to you, but it's not not up to you. You've got a role to play in this. It's just not the role most of us try to take on you know where we're almost the employees of mind <laughs> and we try to make mind our employee yeah. right we we you, you know where where we're, we're, the, the the choreographer twyla tharp used to say you know I, I you know i work for god me and god we choreograph stuff right now that was her way of expressing it mm. somebody else will talk about i i don't know i was i was playing the i i, I was playing out of my head it was like i i, I didn't I somehow knew where the ball was going to be before it was there. Yeah. Right? That's that's another way of describing it. That, that's less religious sounding, but the same the same phenomenon. Mm-hmm. That it comes through us if we let it. Yeah. And great athletes, great performers in any field, intuitively, instinctively know that. It's just that often they don't realize that that same gift is available to them in their regular lives, which is why they often have an amazing career, but a terrible home life.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I suppose we, we, we think of these things in isolation and it's not continual.
1: Yeah, like I can have it here, but not here. Yeah. I can have it in these situations, but not those. I can have it with these people, but not those people. You, you know, everyone does who's experienced it. They categorize it, they limit it, yeah, exactly. and it—it's unlimited. It's the—it's the, it's the energy of the universe,
0: and it's always there.
1: Well, yeah, but for we're, we're, but, but for our thinking, right? <laughs> we can think our we can think a veil of distraction around ourselves and not notice that we're sitting in the infinite field, mm. right? Rumi has a, a friend of mine calls it Rumi's field because that wonderful line in the Rumi poem, out beyond all ideas of of right and wrong, there is a field. I'll meet you there. Right? Well, that's literal. There is a field, an energy field, underneath all our ideas of right and wrong and good and bad and what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be. And it's just... We're just there. But it's not passive right that's the thing is people think oh if i start getting into all this i'm going to sit on my porch and stare at my navel and not do anything well actually that's a description of depression not enlightenment Mm. right the more you open up to this creative force the more creative you are the more you create in your life the more it moves you to do things as opposed to Yeah, I really should do something, Uh, you know, where you're trying to do the whole thing on willpower. Yeah.
0: So how, Michael, then do we get that initial idea potentially? What stops us? I I suppose we took ourselves out of starting. But why, you know, why do we think that we can't have loads of creative ideas or, or projects that we can do?
1: I think it's two things. I think it is a self-protection mechanism. I think most people have uh, PTGD. It's not a real thing, but post-traumatic goal disorder. <laughs> like they, they 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 tried really hard to create some stuff at early on in life, and it didn't work out, or it worked out, but it 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 exhausted them and nearly killed them, and and so they're very wary of throwing themselves into something else that might do that to them again. Yeah. Now, there's two misunderstandings that make that seem real. One is it feels like the feelings that they felt of discouragement, disappointment, exhaustion, stress, pressure, were caused by what they were up to and not a reflection of the thinking they found themselves caught up in. The other thing is we think we actually are accurately predicting the future as if we're somehow psychic, that we can just go, oh, yeah, I know how this will turn out. Oh, yeah, I know I know what I'm like. I know that. And we don't allow for what shows up in the moment from this responsive in-the-moment intelligence. And so our, 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 our faulty belief in our psychic abilities are... Uh, our innocent misunderstanding of where the feelings that we associated with trying to achieve something huge came from puts us off and kind of makes it feel safer to not do anything than to risk feeling all those horrible feelings again.
0: And then conversely, Michael, you've got those that are brave enough to start a project but never complete or never finish the project.
1: Right, and, and there's a different set of things going on, but they're coming from the same place. Uh, it, there's often, and this is the most common thing I see when I, when I work with my clients, if they've had a project on the go for a long time, it's, it's a fear of letting it stand on its own two feet, which is very similar to the fear a lot of parents have about their kids, right? It's like at some level they recognize that they're going to have to let go, and, and, and the kid's gonna have to make their way in the world. But boy, if you've had a scary time, it, it can be really scary to let them. And some parents try to over control and keep the kid at home, and, you know, and it never works out well in the end. Well, it's the same. We do that with our creative projects. We get so attached to them and so worried about what'll happen to them when we're not in charge of them anymore. You know, what if people make fun of them? What if they fall down? What if it turns out they weren't ready? And, and so we don't give it a chance. And it, it, it the metaphor I have for it is it would be like if you didn't understand about birds and and you saw this mother bird evilly pushing its baby to the edge of the nest and shoving it out of the nest. You know, a murderer bird. I've just watched a murder in nature. And, and you run and you catch the bird. Yeah before it has a chance to, un, to unfurl its wings and realize that it can fly. Well, it seems like kindness. It seems like common sense. It seems like what any good person would do. But anyone who understands nature would know that that's the last thing that you should do because the mother's not being cruel. The mother knows somehow instinctively that that bird is ready to fly. Yeah. Well, we, if we let ourselves get a little quieter around it, we know when to nudge our projects out into the world. We know when they're ready. But we can, if we get it caught up in our head about it, we can convince ourselves 10 ways to Sunday that, that it's not time yet.
0: Yeah. And how does the book, Michael, help to overcome some of these challenges?
1: Well, in, in, in two ways. I, I was very clear when I wrote the book that I wanted, I wanted people who just wanted to read it to benefit people who just wanted to do the program to benefit, and people who did both to get the most benefit. So the the first part of the book is designed to just be read, and it, it takes the kinds of things that I'm talking about in the context of creating, and just goes into more detail and gives more examples, and, and from what I've heard back from people so far, makes it kind of simple. Yeah, no,
0: it does. I, I, I... Um, finish that section and I'm actually getting through yeah. and I'll, I'll go back and do the the 90 days I'm just thinking about my project now
1: <laughs> yeah right and so then the 90 day is to give you an experiential understanding of it so the first part is sort of like okay I get it well the second part is giving you a structure in which to actually experience it playing out yeah and you, you know that's it's exciting for me because I've been working on that for well, really since two thousand nine, but the book for a couple of years before I felt it was ready. Yeah. And you know, now it's out in the world, standing on its own two feet and, and uh, it's fun watching people interact with it.
0: yeah no, and, and, and it's 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 a, it's a great book. I love the fact that it's again, so simple to read, but also the way in which you go through the programs and you know how you at the end of each day and each week. How you come back to where your project is, and how you sort of check in with it to see what it what how you're doing with it.
1: Yeah, no, and that and that was my hope. Like, yeah. you know, when your time management system takes more time to manage than your life, mm. that's too complicated a system. And if your your goal system is you know involves a ton of willpower and da 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 da, it's like <laughs> it, it's just the hard way.
0: I just love and what I love about the book as well, Michael, is the way in which you know you allow us to choose our project that you say it's got to be something that makes us gasp or makes us smile.
1: No, because no, most, most of, the project, of the
0: projects,
1: people have, people loaded, have loaded projects, projects right? right? They, 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 they load all sorts of import onto them, you like, way, oh, like if I do this, then it will that. mean that. If and if I do this, it will save me from that. that. And, and, and and it's, and it's very difficult to see something new on a project that is old, like a project that's been in your head, uh, you, you know, as it's gonna save, save you in some way from your life. And so I do, I encourage people to, to go for things that, I, you know, I say in the book gasp, it, that makes you gasp, grin or giggle. But really all of that is just another way of saying that you That's beyond beyond your current current level level of, of, oh, yeah, I could do that that if I just worked worked hard hard enough. Yeah. Right. So So it's not it's not not creating the super super duper hard hard that takes a lot of discipline. discipline. It's It's creating something that that you can't can't see see how your efforts efforts alone would be enough to make it happen. Yeah. And therefore, you have to look somewhere other than your memory for how to do it. And learning learning to look to to mind to this infinite creative creative resource, that's the the big big payoff. payoff. You may well complete your project, project, but you're going to have a whole different relationship relationship with the creative creative force by the time you're done. Yeah.
0: No, and that's what I can't wait to do, because I've got a few up my sleeve, and I think, how the hell am I going to do this? But, and as you say, there's there's no background or, or memory that I've got of this, so I've got to really do something completely different so i I just can't wait to so it's almost like it's giving me permission to to play out fully basically
1: yeah Yeah. and that's yeah yeah, no full out and fearless is 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 the game and not even fearless fearless, because because look sometimes you get scared scared, but it's just that's not that's not the relevant relevant factor factor. yeah you don't get bonus points for being scared and you don't lose points for being scared it's one of the many feelings you'll feel over 90 days
0: and Michael, you've got this um, currently the 90 day program has started, hasn't it? Or was it the first of February?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I, every year, year since 2009, 2009 I think I, I've, I've done uh, a, a supervised 90 day program. So I do it with video and audio and coaching and this year's is already underway. People, can, it's too late to join this year. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, anyway, if you go to michaelneal.org and just, we have a calendar and, we we it's pretty, it's pretty reliable, reliable that next january there'll be another guided program.
0: oh that's great and it's an awesome time of the year to start it as well because so it's a sort of new year almost like a, a well not quite a new start but to, to... yeah
1: no but it is, it is fun. fun there's an energy i mean we've got people doing it for the fourth and fifth time yeah. you know so it's 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 not a sort of oh now i get it it's an experience it's something that people like being a part of there's a whole community that are all engaged in impossible projects and there's an amazing energy and support network and, and often people get the surprise and the synchronicity from somebody else in the program, you know, who hears about their project and goes, oh, I can help with that. And, you know, and away you go.
0: And so, Michael, um, what is there something that you wish to create? You know, what would your creating the impossible be or is?
1: Well, there, I, have I have my life project, life project. and I have, I have my 90-day day play the game, game when other people, people are playing play the, game the game project. Day. You know, and so, so uh, you know yeah, I've, I've done, done, done things, things. What have some of my past, past impossible, impossible projects? Project. Last, last year, my impossible project was to beat my wife in spin, spin. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and and she's the top. She's a she's a, she's just, a just you know a top athlete, and she has been the you know the the champion in in our our. our spin spin class, class, uh, you know, know, since since for four years, years, and I was, you know, know, generally, you know, very middle middle of the pack. pack. And I just thought, Well, that will will be interesting, because, you know, no matter how how much much faster faster I get, she's still going to be faster, faster, right, because she keeps getting better. And it was it was so fun. And I actually did beat her one one day. Now, she had the flu. So some people would say that doesn't really count. But but I managed to not only beat her, but beat everyone else in the class. So I, I, I kind of took it, but, uh, but you know, but then I've also, uh, you know, this year I'm playing with uh, connecting with a million people through my work. Wow. And I don't know what that looks like exactly, um, but already just taking that project on, a bunch of things have shown up in my world that weren't there before that would make it plausible that it could happen. And it's and sort of, sort of I, I, I've yet to yet cease, cease to be amazed that boy, then, boy you, just you just aim yourself in a direction and let, and let this creative force come through. And and it really, really is, is remarkable what happens. Okay,
0: thank you. And then just finally, Michael, if there's someone out there that's believes they haven't got a creative bone in their body, what would your advice be to them? To
1: create, to create something, something today. today. So, so Part of the program, and this is something this is actually anyone can do, on, do Facebook, on Facebook, is I set up a group at the beginning of the year called A Year of Creating the Impossible, hashtag daily creation. And it exists, and we've already got over a 1,000 people who've signed up for it, and literally it is just a place where every day you create something from nothing. Something comes into being in the world that didn't exist at the beginning of the day. It can be a pencil drawing it, 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 with stick figures. It can be a paper airplane. It can be uh, a chapter of a book. It can be uh, uh, an amazing dinner with friends. It can be, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the more unusual things. People have created all sorts of interesting videos. Uh, you know, Somebody invented something one day. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just to see. And, and to be honest, I've never had somebody need to go more than seven days to see it. That if you set out, set out to create something from nothing, you will. You don't have to know what it's going to be. It, it, it doesn't have to be something that you would, oh, well, yeah, but I could never sell that. Who cares? It's not about selling. It's about creating. And what happens is just by engaging in the daily creation, you realize a new relationship with the creative force. And that is my definition of creativity. Your relationship relationship. with the creative Creative force force.
0: that's a very good idea and i may join the group as well actually
1: (laughs) it's fun it's it's really fun fun just just watching what 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 people come up up with with every day
0: day. yeah i can imagine it would be and what are your plans for the future michael because you you know because you've written sort of three books now in in the in this sort of series what is the future for you in terms of book writing or just in general
1: well, I'm in the midst of finishing up a rewrite of my book, Supercoach, um, to sort of bring it up to speed with the rest of my work, um, because that was sort of a halfway book. I had just begun to see this, but it hadn't yet made total sense to me. And so that, that's, the, that's, the, that's the next thing that's going to come out in the fall. And, and I've, got a, I've got a sort of a business parable in the works as well, a, um, you know, one of those business fables, uh, that kind of shows uh, sure how, this how this plays, plays out, out in, uh, in in the business world. Okay. But, but beyond, beyond book writing, writing I, I really just like not knowing. I love, I love Super Coach Academy. Academy. You know, every yeah, year I take a group of people and do my, do best, my best, best to turn them into transformative and coaches. coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and, I, and love I love the surprise. I love not knowing in January what I'll be doing in October. Yeah.
0: No, but you're, you're living what you're your sharing with us, Michael, so that's, that's so nice to see.
1: It, I honestly, you know, I had. A, I got interviewed, it must be seven years ago now, by a Swedish magazine. And, and they asked me, what's your five-year vision? And I thought about it because I thought, oh, yeah, I should have a five-year vision. What's my five-year vision? And I realized when I thought about it, and this is what I said to them. I said, look, I'm really happy and I love my life. And in five years, I want to be really happy and love my life. And I'm just not that bothered what it looks like. Yeah. And that is sort of how I live my life as best I can.
0: Excellent example to us all, Michael. So if anyone would like to find out more about you, Michael, and your programs, where can they find out about you?
1: Well, michaelneal.org is my, my send box on the web. So I have I do all my my, my my free stuff, my blogs and videos and audios and podcasts and everything you can find there. The calendar, calendar of events, events is there and we do, do we do events, events in the UK every year, we do events all over the world uh and, and here in LA where I live. And um, and there's also self study programs and larger programs and all sorts of things. But that's it's the one stop shop.
0: Okay, brilliant. Well, Michael, once again, thank you very much for your time with us on the show. I look A forward pleasure. to with you soon. I'll, see,
1: I'll you soon. see you soon.
0: Okay, thank you, Michael.